This is the Pride and Prejudice podcast from The Economist Group, which explores the economic and business case for LGBT inclusion. I'm Matthew Bishop, and today I'm talking with John Miller of the Brunswick Group and a coordinator of, of a coalition um, of major businesses called Open for Business. We're going to look at this podcast at the issue of why these global companies have come together in a coalition around LGBT uh, issues. Uh, we can look at some of the evidence that the report makes uh, available around why it matters to business that they uh, embrace LGBT inclusivity. And we're going to look at some of the hottest challenges uh, that businesses face uh, around the world as they try and do so. John, this is a coalition that's involving some of the biggest names in business, Accenture, IBM, Google, RBS, Virgin, Tesco, um, Barclays. Why did these companies feel they wanted to form a coalition uh, around LGBT issues? I think the, uh, the interesting thing about the companies that have, uh, have come alongside us on Open for Business is they are all truly global companies that have you know, massive consumer bases, employee bases all across the world, including in countries where LGBT rights is, is a real problem. And I think that, um, that these companies have seen that the world is taking a kind of diverging paths on this subject. You've had huge progress in you know, countries like the US, in the UK, with issues like uh, same-sex marriage with anti-discrimination laws being passed. But unfortunately, you look around the world and in, in many countries, it, it's a very, very different story and actually tragically different for many people around the world. And, and I think these companies were aware that um, you know, they operate in all of these countries. They have consumers and employees in, in, in many of these places. They send their people all, all over the world, and they needed to have a kind of a global position. And so what was the particular trigger for this coalition to come about, I mean, given that broader context? I think, you know, as, as we saw um, over the last few years, the spread of anti-LGBT legislation being passed in various forms, whether that's in Uganda or Nigeria or India or etc. I think companies realising that the stand that they're taking on, on this issue as corporates, as global companies, was often at odds with the positions that they might be forced to take in, in some of those countries. And I think they wanted to find a way of, of having a, a voice on this issue and of saying there is actually a, a business argument here. There is a, an economic argument here. And I think at, at its core, what we're trying to do on Open for Business is say that open, inclusive, diverse societies are better for business and they're better for economic growth. I mean, one of the most striking statistics that you have in the report um, is, is about consumers in America and Britain where they, around half of them say they would actually boycott a company that has unfriendly policies towards LGBT people. And I mean, I suppose one question I have is, you know, is this really about you know, PR in the, in, the, in the developed world markets where they have pro-LGBT environments and people wanting to make their brand look better? Or is this about you know, the hard stuff on the ground in, in places like Uganda? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's difficult to take some of these positions at, uh, at a global level. But I mean, if you look at, at this as actually the, the very latest uh, kind of front line in a very long-standing uh, position that business has had that actually what they're looking for is equality of opportunity in their workplace. They're looking to remove the barriers for people being able to perform at, at their best and actually roll back the clock, say, to you know, look at a company like IBM who opened up um, desegregated factories down in the deep south here in the, in, in the US 10 years before 
that was, you know, the Civil Rights Act was passed here when it was actually not legal to do so. Uh, that same company passing, you know, implementing policies around um, uh, equal pay uh, for women three decades before that legislation happened here uh, in, in the US. This is only the very latest kind of front line for a very long-standing trend in business to try and create equal opportunities in the, the workplace because I think they, they understand that, that discrimination in, in, in all its forms uh, it, it doesn't work for business. And so this is about their success in those developing world markets that have the intolerant attitudes as much as it is about uh, what consumers in, in America think. Yeah, um, this, this is about, I think, their, their values as businesses uh, and those values being, you know, their learnt experience about what works as a business, not just things that they you know, publish and stick on the wall in their lobby, but actually ways of behaving that they know in the long run is better for business, is better for all the people that participate in, in their business. I think it's quite a deep-seated instinct, actually, among many business leaders. Now, the Open for Business report that you published, I mean, it contains a lot of economic evidence of arguments as to why this is good for business to be pro-LGBT inclusion. Um, you know, what for you are the most clear-cut uh, wins for businesses that do embrace this? Well, when, when we started looking at this, we, uh, we saw pretty quickly there, there was a lot of evidence out there, actually, but it was a very fragmented evidence base. And for us, it became quite clear that there are three really big levels that the evidence exists on. There's evidence of individual performance. Now, the interesting thing about that is when you look at the data, that companies which are uh, more inclusive of LGBT individuals, indiv they, people across the business perform better, not just those individuals who are LGBT. They're more likely to be, um, uh, to be more engaged, they're more likely to have higher levels of satisfaction, they're more likely to, to speak up and, and talk out with, uh, with new ideas across the business. Um, the next level would be um, the business level. So there's lots of data showing that businesses that are LGBT inclusive are more collaborative environments, they're more innovative businesses, and there's data showing they perform better. And then at the very top level, you've got at the kind of macroeconomic level, you've got plenty of evidence that shows those countries um, which have discrimination against LGBT I individuals, that, that goes hand in hand very often with, with a culture of corruption, with a, a lack of openness in a country. It's almost as if something like LGBT rights is like the canary in the mind for, is this country a good place to do business? And flip that around, of course, and you've got very clear-cut correlations between GDP growth, et cetera, and the level of rights that individuals have for LGBT. Yeah, I mean, that's a very interesting question, because I, mean, I guess you could argue about which way the causality goes. Of course, there. I mean, yes. A lot of those countries are generally sort of not very effective countries with lots of problems and they are, LGBT yeah. but attitudes absolutely. seem to be part and parcel of that. And the way we say it is actually, of course, one doesn't prove the other, but what's pretty clear is the two go hand in hand. Well, there are one or two countries I noticed that did have pretty high levels of GDP per capita and yet also had pretty hostile attitudes to on LGBT issues. So I guess there's, there are exceptions there. There's, of course, there's always outliers, and this is kind of this. The economic and business case isn't the universal argument that's going to fix this question. But we, you know, we have to come at it. I think from all, from every angle. So, as you look at the companies in your coalition, I mean, what are they doing in practice when it comes to 
you know, applying a policy that works well in America or the UK to Russia or you know, somewhere in Nigeria or somewhere like that? Well, I mean, from, from our point of view uh, as Open for Business, I think what we're trying to do is, is set up a really clear position that these companies are taking. And it's, it's quite an important contribution that they're making to, to lend the weight of this collection of highly respected, high-profile global business brands to come together and say, we think that the passing of laws which discriminate against LGBT people, LGBT people runs counter to the interests of business, runs counter to the interests of, of economic development. They don't have to do that. Um, it's a huge contribution that they're making by doing that, I think. I mean, there have been one or two reports, certainly in, Afri in the African media, uh, that actually this is another exercise in Western colonialism and that we're trying to impose uh, our uh, liberal values on countries that don't uh, want them. Um, you know, is, is, how do you respond to that criticism? It's a great question and, and we thought long and hard about this and actually what we ended up doing was speaking to activists on the ground uh, in Nigeria, Kenya, in Singapore, in Malaysia um, we, we spoke to about a dozen uh, activists in different countries and went through the content of the report with them just to say, does this make sense if you're speaking in, you know, if you're looking at this data and you're sitting in on the ground? What we heard loud and clear uh, from the activists was that it's really important for businesses to speak out on this issue and to do so carefully and mindfully that to do it you know, in the wrong way might be counterproductive, but that their silence would be worse, actually. So uh, one last que question about that. I mean, there's this sort of sense of uh, diversity fatigue uh, that you hear a lot of companies talk about, that they've you know, had all these programs to educate the workforce on being inclusive and, and so forth, and people are just sort of fed up with it and it's become a bit of an industry mm. and, yes. and yeah. so forth. I mean, how, how do you avoid that problem in this area, or are you part of the problem? <laughs> well, I, I, can completely see, I can completely see that, and, and there is, you know, it starts to shade into HRE political correctness around the edges, for sure, but that's a real luxury in countries that have got real legal protections. Uh, you, you puncture that pretty quickly if you connect people to the realities of this issue that people are facing day in and day out on the ground. So illustrate that for me. People being, you know, employees of these companies potentially being subject to arrest, harassment, physical violence uh, all over the world. I mean, th there are uh, 77 countries where this is, where it's illegal to be gay effectively. Um, and, you know, all of our global businesses have operations in those countries. So we all have employees that, are, uh, uh, that run genuine risks in, in their day-to-day in -day lives. It's a, this is a real, a real issue, and this isn't about political correctness and, and just doing the right thing. This is about solving quite an urgent problem for millions of people. So if you had to pick one challenge above all for your coalition over the next 12 months or so as they try and put these findings, put this message uh, out there, um, what is it? What we need to do next, I think, is to have proper, meaningful uh, conversations in detail at the right levels with members of the local business communities in these countries um, so that we can create proper advocates for these arguments um, so that you know, senior leaders in local businesses in India, in Nigeria, can sit across from the minister and say, you do know these laws don't make any sense for us, don't you? 
that's that's really the next thing we need to start looking at. Great. Well, John Miller, thank you very much for Pleasure. talking with us. This has been the Pride and Prejudice uh, podcast from the Economist Group and Matthew Bishop.